Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you guys are all staying grounded as well as you can in whatever situation you find yourself in. It's not an easy time, and if you're going through a really tough time, I just wanted to send you some love before I dive into anything we're about to get into today. This situation sucks. It's creating a lot of change and a lot of chaos in every part of our lives, and it's totally normal to feel overwhelmed. It's totally normal to feel afraid. It's totally normal to feel uncentered. And so I hope you guys are giving yourselves the permission to simply arrive into each day with your best. If your best is sitting on the couch and not feeling good and allowing yourself to have a tantrum, then do it. If your best is getting up and going for a run, then do it. If your best is is embracing this and sort of riding the coattails of chaos, then go that route. But give yourselves the permission to be human. Give yourselves the permission to simply arrive. And when you do, I think this whole thing will feel a little better. It may not change the situation around you, but you'll feel a little better. And that's one of the reasons why I'm super excited about introducing today's guest, Mr. Than Pham. So Than uh, is a good friend and the founder of Asian Efficiency, a remote company that helps people become more productive at work and in life. I couldn't wait to have Than on the show, actually. Um, uh, we've recorded this uh, few weeks ago, right when all of this chaos was beginning to ensue. And I was excited to have him on because Than is one of the most productive people I know. I mean, he hosts dinner parties. He's super active in the community. He's got a very successful business, a successful podcast. I mean, he's, I feel like he's everywhere doing everything, but he also has the most time. Like he just, he's present, he's loving and he's happy. And so I just know that um, knowing Than, I know that he had and has a lot of insights around how to be productive when you're working from home, how to stay centered and grounded in all of this chaos, you know, ways that you can show up with with more zest, uh, ways you can share, little different practices that you can use to simply arrive into each day with a little more compassion, love, and productivity. And, you know, this crisis hasn't changed the fact that some of us still have to work This crisis hasn't changed the fact that some of us still have to show up and do our best. And I just really love this episode. And I thought it was so timely because everything we dive into on this episode is really about changing your environment and taking control of your environment so that you can show up as your best, so that you can optimize your life for happiness, so that you can remove all of the unnecessary noise that stops you from simply arriving and being in the present moment, how to ask for help. And, you know, how do you just how do you make the most of this current situation? I loved this episode. I learned so much from Than, so much practical advice on how to work from home and how to transform your daily rituals and routines into catalysts for a better tomorrow. And I know that all of you are going to enjoy this episode and take something away from it, whether it's a practice, a ritual, or a simple reminder to be human. Simple reminder to 
arrive into this experience with more kindness, compassion, and love, whether it's for yourself or the people around you. And um, like I said in the beginning of this intro, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what you're going through, you are in my prayers. I'm thinking about you and I'm sending you a lot of love. If we were friends, I would be trying to give you a hug right now. But since I can't give you a, a physical hug, imagine this as me giving you a hug through the mic. But this isn't an easy time and there's a lot of suffering and pain and sadness in the world. So give yourself the permission to be human. Grieve if you need to. Um, and then whenever you feel ready, listen to this episode and arrive into this experience with everything you've got. I love you all. Thank you for being here. If you haven't already subscribed to us on iTunes, I'm also going and creating episodes live daily. So I'm sending little reminders to help you stay grounded in the moment. If you want to watch those live, go to rajana.com forward slash stay grounded or follow me on Instagram. I'm doing lives both in the morning and in the evenings. And uh, yeah, just be kind to yourself. Give yourself the permission to be human and enjoy this incredible conversation with my main man, Mr. Than Fan. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you guys are all staying grounded in these turbulent times of chaos and crisis. I'm so grateful to have you here, Than. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I know we're living through some crazy times right now, but we're going to make it through this, you know? Yeah, no, I... I I think crisis exists to help us return back to that natural state of brilliance that we've always had. It's at least forcing me to really uh, double down on the things I almost forgot about, which were my rituals, my habits, the things that I did to keep myself centered, sane and, and fulfilled. I think that's what made me so happy when we scheduled this, because, I mean, you are arguably probably one of the most productive people I know. I mean, really, like the amount of stuff you were doing before any of this happened, anything from just the amount of life you were embracing and creating just inspired me. So I'm grateful that we get to go down the rabbit hole today, man, and help some people. Yeah, let's jam today because it's so much more challenging right now to get anything done. There's just so much going on in the world and stuff in your personal life and stuff in the news on social media. It's just so much more challenging to focus and get stuff done. And uh, even I, you know, as somebody who's teaching productivity for a living has been affected in many ways where I have to figure out ways how to step up my own game on how to be more productive and get stuff done while we're dealing with this whole coronavirus and everything else that's going on in our country yeah. and city and our families and our personal lives. How do you keep yourself sort of separate from all of the chaos that's happening personally? I think the tricky thing to be conscious of is social media news because... It's all over the place. And anytime you log into Facebook right now or just any sort of YouTube clip, just go to the YouTube homepage even. You just see all the thumbnails that grab your attention. You see the headlines on you know, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and everyone's freaking out. And to a degree, understandably so. But what I've found to be a really simple thing for me is just literally to log out out of all of these accounts and just not consume and go in there and... For some people, I know, you know, they need more drastic measures like blocking websites. I've even done that too, where you can use like a free tool, an app called Freedom.2. And it's what's that called? Freedom. So if you just go to Freedom.2, so T O, you're able to block websites on your phone or your computer and say, hey, 
don't allow me to go to Facebook until five o'clock or something. And uh, mm-hmm. don't allow me to log into Instagram until you know three o'clock in the afternoon or whatever. And so by firewalling your attention that way, you can easily drown out all the noise that's out there and focus on what you need to do. So I'm finding useful information on social media. Like not all of it's bad for me. Like I think I went through a phase of, and I think my journey was like panic first, which is like, what the hell is going on? I need groceries. I need to get all this stuff. Panic, panic, panic. Nothing got done in that time frame. Then it went to a little bit of denial, which was, this can't be happening. I cannot believe this is happening. Or why is this happening? And then it went to a state of almost acceptance. And I think in that state of acceptance is where I've begun maybe being a little smarter with my social media usage. So it's almost like you need to get to that place of like, in order to truly be productive, I'd love your take on this, but in order to truly be productive, it sounds like we need to get to that place of just accepting that this is here. And then in there is the time where we can actually even proactively say, I don't need to watch this news. I don't need to know which numbers are rising. I know they're going to be rising or like, I don't need to know anything other than very pertinent things. So even then, like, how do you sort of get yourself in that state, that mental state or that emotional state to be able to make clear choices that can allow you to be productive? Yeah, understanding how our environment impacts us makes a big difference, right? And being very conscious of that allows you to kind of like navigate the waters a little bit more. Because like I said earlier, if we know that social media and news and all this stuff is going on, when you allow it to enter your consciousness, your your mind, it's obviously going to take up space. You're going to be thinking about it. It's obviously going to be harder to focus. And so I basically was just like you, you know, first of all, I kind of heard about it. And I said, oh, you know, it's kind of like whatever. And then I saw, I was like, hey, this is actually a, a real thing. Like, we need to start yeah. addressing this. And now, just like you, I've kind of accepted for what it is. And yes, you know, the death toll numbers are going to go up and, you know, the the percentage of people that might survive and, and stuff like that will always fluctuate and things will change every single day, right? Just like we're here in the city of Austin. And things change. You know, on Tuesday, the mayor said, you know what, uh, we're going to shut down the whole city. No, no more gatherings of 10 people or more, and no more bars and restaurants and stuff. And that makes a direct impact on us, right? Yeah. And I have found out because someone told me that. Because I, again, I've been just trying to ignore everything and just stay in touch with people. So one of the things I've been doing a lot more is calling people now. Uh, if you yeah. ask any of my random friends and family members, they're seeing my phone pop up on their... Or see my name pop up on their phone. And I'm just being in communication with everyone. Kind of like you know, with your theme of your podcast, of staying grounded. You know, if I passed away tomorrow, or if I got sick, or if I met someone or know someone in my family and they passed away because of this virus, I want to be able to say and tell myself, you know what? I had a great relationship with this person. I said everything I wanted to say. You know, if they passed away... You know, we had a great relationship. They had a good life. And uh, I wouldn't live my life with any sort of regret knowing that, you know, I wish I'd said this to them. I wish I told them how much I love them. I wish I, you know, spent more time with them and stuff like that. And it's one of the reasons, uh, even though I live in Austin and my parents live in uh, the Netherlands and in LA, I try to see them every six weeks. I take a flight every six weeks to see them because I want to be able to, you know, tell them how much I love them and care about them and be with them. And if they do pass away for whatever reason that we can say, Hey, you know, we had a great time together and there's no life with any sort of regret. I think what I love most about you, man. And in that story is just how love is almost like the fuel for your productivity. 
you're inspired to act, you're inspired to get your shit together, you're inspired to do everything you need to do because you have your priorities straight. And I also love the idea of instead of relying on social media for news, keeping up with people and talking to people, because just because we're socially isolated right now does not mean we need to be emotionally isolated. Right. And I think that that one even tactic right there, just being able to like reminding yourself, all right, instead of me getting all of my news about what's going on, maybe selectively choosing a few data sources to very selectively assign a time in the day to check. But in all the other time, it's really communicating with people, seeing how they're feeling, saying what you need to say, having those conversations and nourishing your cup so that at the end of the day, and maybe that's what, you know, I've in that state of acceptance where I'm at right now is realizing that this sucks. I'm not going to deny it globally. This is going to cause suffering. This is going to create a lot of change, maybe change that we didn't expect or change we didn't want. But in all of it, there's also this where... Yes, you've been making this a lifestyle, being able to see your parents every six weeks, tell people you love them. But us as a community, I think this is forcing us to hunker down and double down on those habits that truly make us powerful human beings, right? And so even that, man, like, so what role does, I guess, keeping up with your friends and keeping your relationship strong sort of tie in to being productive and getting work done? One of the things I've kind of discovered over time is that uh, a lot of things get done faster when you have the right relationships. And if you know the right people, then you can get access to resources and tools and outcomes that you're looking for. And so I'm, the way I think about productivity, is, especially during these crazy times right now, is if you, you know, have great relationships with people and you know people, then you can always be helped and you can always be uh, served. And also vice versa, you can help others as well. right? So. Extreme example, let's just say that you know, uh, you're living in your own city and you literally don't know anyone. And you have no resources and you run out of toilet paper, right? <laughs> uh, the most hot commodity thing right now. Well, if, if you have no relationships with anyone, then nobody can serve you or help you or you know, give you, let's say, toilet paper for fun. But, but it's just the idea that, hey, the opposite of that is if you know great ton of people, you have great relationships. Anytime you have an ask or need, there's people around you who will help you. And so the way I think about productivity, especially as you're kind of getting beyond the basics when people kind of like read books about productivity, about like, you know, how to get stuff done, how to focus and all these practical tips, which are really helpful and useful. But once you kind of get the basics down, you start to realize, well, especially in business, when you layer business on top of that is that great relationships is just like a uh, force multiplier, right? Yeah. Um, it's like the speed of trust that Covey always talks about. When you have trust, meaning you have a relationship with people, things just go so much faster. And you see that with your family members, right? You see that with your employees and team members. You see that with people that you work with, vendors and, and contractors. When there is trust, when you have a relationship with people, things just move forward so much faster. And so... I design my life in that sense where kind of like how you kind of observe that, um, you know, I try to use like love, productivity, relationship, productivity, uh, all in one sort of take, right? And this is why I started hosting dinner parties and stuff, uh, which you've been to yeah. one of them. Uh, it's why yeah, I host fantastic. like host events so I can foster those relationships with people. And in a way, it's a very efficient and effective and productive way to do that. Whereas, uh, you know, there's a lot of one, one-on-one stuff that you can do as well. And 
Um, I, I enjoy doing those too, and I often do those in private. But there's also something to be said for, you know, why we do podcasts because we can reach so many more people that way, right? And webinars and, and just like in-person meetups and workshops and stuff. And so as I've kind of like been on this journey myself, when it comes to productivity, I've just realized, okay, once you get beyond the basics of like managing your time, managing your energy, managing your focus, the next thing is just relationship building with people. I think relationship, and I'm so glad you touched on that because it is a leveraged multiplier, right? Like and think about how much knowledge you have by tapping into your relationship, you are tapping into their knowledge, right? And, and it actually makes the math equation pretty damn simple. Help people, serve people, and allow yourself to be served as well. So did you have any resistance in the beginning with like building relationships and asking for help? Like, I mean, it's easy for us to give help and be helpful and serve because we honestly, I think that validates a part of us that makes us feel useful. But Asking for help is a very, very, very tough thing for a lot of people. So how did you sort of get over that hump of, you know, maybe do you have a reframe or anything around asking for help and being able to take advantage of the relationships that we may have been building over the past several years or weeks or months or whatever? Yeah, I've always found it so difficult to ask for help because part of it was like an ego thing. I didn't want to look weak when I asked for help. Part of it was like, oh, like... I'm a certain type of person. I don't ask for help. I only give because it makes me look good, blah, 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 blah. And I kind of had to get over that. And I was actually forced to ask for help. That was actually one of the biggest gifts that I've discovered because a few years ago, I was in partnership in, in my current business. And long story short, that partnership ended. And when we went through this process, we had to figure out like, how do we end this partnership you know, gracefully? And, and it was the first time when... I started reaching out to people because you know when you when you end a relationship, a friendship, and a business partner relationship, I had no idea what to do. It was totally foreign to me. It was crazy. There was a lot of like money involved. There was a lot of you know tension there, and so uh, I kind of like mentioned it to a few people, and they start referring people and saying, "Hey, you need to, you need to talk to this person, to that person." And there's actually a lot of people that you and I personally know here in town that I've talked to about this, and they were so helpful. And without their support, and if I didn't ask, I would never gotten the support that I needed to get through that time. And yeah. so by going through that hardship, which was a really tough time for me, I kind of discovered that you know it's okay to ask. And before then, I never did. And w- what was beautiful about the whole process was all the people that came out to help me were people I met four or five years ago. And just, you know, I, I never thought of asking them anything. But four or five years ago, we all met, you know, and the one time I needed them, they were there because I just, you know, I, I did help them in the past. They were super grateful for my, my service and help. But uh, this was now their moment to kind of like give back just because I asked them. Right. And so through that tough time, I kind of discovered, oh man, it's totally okay to ask. And you start to see so many people actually want to help you. You just sometimes have to ask. And so ever since then, I said, hey, you know, anytime I have a question or I don't know how to do something, I'm just going to ask people and you start to see how many people really want to help you. Yeah. It's funny. You know, I, the best reframe I've ever had on this was how do you feel when you help someone? You feel amazing, right? You feel, you, you feel love. You feel like you're doing this amazing thing for someone. Well, by not receiving someone else's help, you're actually denying them the feelings that come from giving you help at the end of the day. Like, you know, be the light you want to receive. 
And so if you want to receive help and you want to, and you want to be helpful, you have to also, it's a, it's a yin and a yang. It's a reciprocation process, right? Life does not go, the pendulum does not just swing in one direction. And I think that that's just an important reminder, especially in these times, these times are super humbling, right? Like they're a great reminder that we really, I think we as a society, as a, as a race have created this false sense of control over yeah and especially right right. now just we have no idea what's going on we have no idea what's coming up right what the economy is going to do what our city is going to do what kind of government controls are going to be put in place and so if there is a time to ask right now for help this is the perfect time to do it and because you probably see a ton of other people doing it maybe that will make it a little easier for you to now to put the ask out there right yeah Everyone's struggling right now. So don't, don't be a tough guy. Yeah. We're all the struggle bus. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even pretending to be absolutely fine. Like, I mean, and, but what's important also is just to recognize, and this is a gift I'm starting to recognize and realize is that all of this is now created an opportunity for us to do the things that we've been fearful of doing for ages, whether that's sitting with ourselves (laughs) or in isolation or asking for help. Right. And it's just, it's, this is almost like mother nature accelerating our own evolution as, as a species. It's forcing us to, to do the things that we always should have been doing. You know, I think we as humans have, we've been human doings for way too long. Mm. We've just been doing, 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 doing. And now we're finally returning back to that natural state of just being and, moving through those fears and actually throwing those fears out the window because they're not relevant in this climate, right? The things I worried about, just, it's funny. I was talking to my girlfriend about this, like, you know, the things I was worrying about and complaining about three months ago, I'm like, God, I would kill to go get those again. (laughs) Like I would love those back, right? Like, I don't know what we did to 2020, but, and so there's always perspective in that. Uh, I do want to ask you though, like, do you have any rituals that you follow besides, I guess, like talking to people and telling them you love them and, and sort of being in that space? But like, are there any rituals you do to sort of bring you out of the chaos in your head into like the, just the, maybe a more centered, grounded, more peaceful, or I don't know if peaceful is the right word, but more so like a, like an empowered state. Do you have any practices that you personally follow? Especially during stressful times, something I always tell our clients is to go back to the basics. When you stick to the basics, a lot of things just get covered that way. Right? So as we're going through really stressful times right now, I'm paying even more attention to, am I following my morning routine? Am I sleeping enough? Am I going to bed early? Am I uh, implementing my daily mindfulness practice? Am I implementing my evening routine? So I do set myself for a good night of sleep, right? So just the really basic things. Am I still exercising on a regular basis? I'm not even trying to introduce like new things into my life necessarily. I'm literally just trying to stick to the basics because I know that if I sleep well, if I eat healthy, if I just exercise regularly, right? And get enough sunlight, that covers like 90% of what I really need. It covers like 90% of my happiness. And then the other things like calling people on a regular basis and checking in with people and, and stuff like that. Uh, it's not something I do every single day, but it's like icing on the cake. It would make things yeah. a lot better, right? And so 
I think the best way we can be effective for ourselves, but also for our team as leaders, for uh, for our friends, uh, maybe for the community that we serve as leaders, the best thing that we can do is to make sure that one, we don't panic, right? But also two, that we step up and be the best version that we can be. And oftentimes that just means like the very basic things done consistently. So like still following a morning routine. So I know what I need to get done that day so that I meditate for 10 minutes, right? That I have clarity about what I'm trying to accomplish and have like focus ready and good to go. That I'm sleeping well because if I'm not sleeping well, I'm moody. You know, I, I yeah. feel lethargic. I procrastinate more often. I probably eat more junk food and, and Sour Patch Kids, which I totally love, <laughs> but it's not good for me, right? And so I literally just try to stick to the basics as much as possible. And I tell our clients this all the time too: like we don't have to introduce new things. You just have to do the right thing consistently over and over and over again. And that is just, you know, again, sleep, exercise, you know, eating healthy, making sure you're following your routine as you as you have them in your life already. But sometimes you don't know that you have them. But you just, you know, yeah. as soon as you kind of get off sync, you kind of feel like, oh, something is off. And it's just that routine that you've kind of developed, even though you might have never called it a routine. Yeah, I think it's important to call out now more than ever, it's never more, it's never been more important to optimize your life for not what you want, but how you want to feel. We're coming to a real shift. Like, you know, in the past, myself in some senses have pursued goals or pursued milestones or things based on what I want. And, and oftentimes I've always forgotten, like, what is the feeling behind the want? Like, is it freedom? Is it peace? Is it love? Is it happiness? Is it energy? Is it health? Whatever it might be, is it fulfillment? But I think getting clear on that piece then allows you to sort of drill down and find the routines and design your life in a way that can allow more of that to exist. Like you seem like, like what's your thing that you're optimizing your life for? Cause it, it sounded like it was happiness. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad you're saying that because my motto for the last year and a half, two years is optimize for happiness, optimize yeah. for happiness. And so everything that I'm doing, I'm just looking for ways. Okay. Is this making me happier? If not, okay, then should I, do it or no, right? And so when you ask people what makes you happy, I have found that most people actually don't have a really good answer for that. And I think it's because most of us don't actually sit down and think or create a list of the things that actually make us happy. Uh, We kind of have like a rough idea or we maybe will spurt some things out. But uh, most people have never really thought about, you know, how can I design my life or my day even to make me feel happy? And I think... If we take away all the work and if we just look at what we're designed to do as people, I think it really comes down to happiness, right? Yeah. And without getting too political, like if we ever implemented something like a universal basic income where all the machines did all the work and all we had to do is just live, what would we do? We would just literally just live our lives to be happy, right? And that would mean like exercising, spending time with people, blah, 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 right? And so what I encourage everyone to do, and this was a really useful exercise for me, is to let you sit down for five minutes and just say, what makes me happy? What puts a smile on my face? What makes me feel really good? Most people have never asked themselves that and really sat down and thought through that set of questions. Once you start to write it down, you start to see, okay, exercising makes me happy or spending you know, time with my girlfriends or with my guys, spending time with my mom and dad, you know, or cooking with mom and dad. Once you start to create that list, um, you start to notice 
that actually there's a lot of things that you can do on a daily basis to make yourself feel really happy. And one of the things that um, I did, and I learned this from Tim Ferriss, he wrote this on a blog post like a few years ago. He said, look at your calendar over the last year and highlight everything that gave you a high emotional spike. Whether that was you know meeting a certain person, going on a trip, a certain activity that you did, just look at your calendar because you know that's a record of what actually happened, right? Yeah. And so I did that exercise, and then he also said, "Okay, look at all the things that gave you a, an emotional low, anything that you hated or despised or really didn't like doing." And then it's really simple: just get rid of all the things that gave you an emotional low that you didn't like. Maybe it was a client meeting. Maybe it was a particular task that you did. Maybe it's you know a certain person that you hung out with, uh, and just eliminating that will increase you know your own happiness, right? But then also you start to notice that there's certain things that you do consistently that provide you lots of joy. And so I said, oh wow, that's really interesting. I should replicate doing that. And that's actually the thing that led me to start hosting all these like social events here in Austin because one of the happiest moments of my life was I, I organized a, a birthday party and I thought maybe like four or five people would show up. We ended up having like 30 people. We packed the whole bar wow. and two people that met, uh, there was this guy and a girl, this guy I was doing business with and this girl who I took hip hop classes with. And they run in totally different circles, right? They would never go to the same restaurant, same bar, have no mutual friends other than me. And they started dating. And now they're like, you know, super happy and living, you know, their best lives. And that would have never happened unless I hosted my birthday party. And I thought, oh, that was such a great moment. Uh, how do I replicate this? Right. Well, obviously, one, I can host a birthday party every single year, but that's only once a year. Am I really going to wait <laughs> once a year to generate this you know, beautiful moment for other people and for myself? You know what? Maybe if I just host like little get-togethers with my friends, people can you know, meet each other that otherwise would just never meet, right? Because they would just run in totally yeah. different circles. I love the math, man. It's like an equation, really. This made me happy. I noticed that I went to a like, calendar of a record. This created this. Then that led to this thing. This is the thing that actually made me happy. Okay, so I'm going to try and de replicate that thing in as many different ways as I can so that I can increase the level of happiness. And I, I love that because I think a lot of people listening may not be able to have as much control over their lives. Right? Like they may be in jobs they don't like. They may be in situations that may not create the most level of comfort. But when you look at your entire life, and you break it down to that granular degree, we all have silver lining. Like there's always meat on the bone that we get to eat and we get to remember and we get to amplify. And I think now more than ever, there's never been an important time to focus our attention on the things that we want to expand, right? Like if you want more chaos, if you want more distress, if you want more of that, focus on things that are going to create that. But if you want more joy, if you want more happiness, if you want more peace, shift your attention towards the things that are in your control that do create that. And I just love your technical aspect of like the calendar is brilliant. I'm actually about to go back through my calendar and I, I generally do like a monthly reflection where I capture like the highs and the lows, but I don't actually go to the individual things that created the highs and dissect it to figure out what's the thing that actually created the high. So I love that dude. You're awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and it's great because it takes away 
for example, the recency bias, right? Like I'm very into like psychology and understanding the brain. And there's this cognitive bias called the recency bias where we overvalue things that happened recently, right? And if mm. we look back at our calendar of last year, I mean, you probably don't remember what you did last, you know, March, right? Because it's been such a long time ago and so much stuff has happened. But when you actually look back at your calendar, you can see, oh, these are all the things that happened. I have a record of a to-do list and task list as well that I did that particular month. So I can kind of go deeper and dive into okay, what did That's I actually cool. do that day, you know, and that kind of stuff. So when you go really detailed into that, you know, I'm just looking for ways to replicate good emotions, good feelings, and just engineer my life to say, hey, what can I do, replicate that makes me feel good? And why not do that? And like you said, we all have the same 24 hours in a day, right? We need to focus on what, what matters to us. And I think happiness is one of those things that, at least for me, has been a big focus. And uh, I was telling people too, like 2019 is, was by far the happiest year of my life. And that was you know, not by accident. It was intentionally created that way because of the things I kind of share with you. Even though we're going through crazy times right now, you know, there's going to be a moment in time where we're going to look back at this and say, oh man, what did I learn from this? You know, you know, who are the friends that really showed up for me? Who are the people that really stood by me? Who are the people that I can count on? You know, what lessons did I learn from this, right? Uh, maybe I started a business because of this chaos. Maybe I made a transition in my career that ended up being so much better, right? So we're going to look back year from now, two years from now, maybe a few years from now and say, wow, like these crazy times that we're in right now was one of the best things that could have happened to us. And that might not seem obvious, but I know you and I and tons of other people that we know have always seen the silver lining in whatever we're going through right now. And so if you're you know, watching and listening to this right now, and you're feeling like, man, times are tough. Just know that you know, tough times don't last, right? Tough people do. That's a great quote that I always love and adhere to. And as we're going to go through this, you're going to look back and say, wow, these were crazy times, but I'm so much better for it now. So stay grounded as we, as we go through this. Yeah. And one thing I just want to call out is, I think I'm recognizing more and more as I hear this from you is happy people are productive people. Like, I think even the word productivity, like to me, I've always believed that one, motivation is hard, but inspiration is easy. So inspiration is an inside job. Motivation is you looking outward for something to give you a boost of jump to go do what you need to do and be productive. But when you're inspired from the inside out, when you're happy, because I think inspired people are happy people, and they go hand in hand in some ways. So when you're happy and you optimize your life for your happiness, that automatically translates into more energy, into more focus, into more clarity as you go about doing the work you need to do, being the person you need to be, or showing up the way you need to show up in uh, your communities, in your family, as a leader, in your companies, like whatever it is, but it allows you to be and act from that place of service. Yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite sayings is happy people are productive people. And that's also how I run my company as well. I literally try to optimize for happiness for myself, but also everyone that works in the company. So yeah. I want to make sure that they're always learning and growing, right? That they're being compensated in a way that makes them happy, that they're doing the work that they love to do, right? And we've seen a lot of productivity gains from that, even though I didn't change anything technically. I didn't teach them like a strategy or a tip or anything like that. Uh, it was literally just, hey, let's try to optimize everyone's happiness. And when, when you show up to work feeling super excited, super happy, 
how much produ- how much more productive are you going to be compared to walking into your office you're sad you're stressed out right you have a poor outlook on what's going to happen that day or your life in general it's so much more challenging to focus and get stuff done i want to just point out right there let's say someone's in that place right now let's say let's just put a hypothetical scenario someone's in that place right now where they're going into work they're not happy there's like the world crumbling around them like if, if we put you in that situation with the knowledge you have, how would you sort of work your way out of that into creating a more positive, uplifting and happier perspective, even though the situation at hand may not be changing? Yeah. So there's a couple of things zooming in from like going in high level to like little detail. So first thing is you'll start to... After studying the brain so much, you start to learn that how we feel happiness, good feelings is biochemistry, right? So the first thing is really to change our body and to change our biochemistry, literally. So some really simple things to do, again, sticking to the basics is eating right, just eating healthy and sleeping enough and exercising on a regular basis. Like if you do these three things, right? Even if you hate your job, life is crumbling down around you, there's chaos, you know, as we're going through these times, you're still going to feel good biologically and your biochemistry is just going to feel really good, right? So that's a big motivating factor to happiness and just feeling good about yourself. So that's the first thing I would always recommend people do, right? So if I'm in that situation, I would say, okay, am I eating healthy? If not, what kind of changes do I need to make? Right. If I'm not exercising, let's just start really simple and go for a walk every single day. Right. Get maybe like 10,000 steps in as kind of like a simple benchmark because it just shows that you're moving and getting out there. The other thing is like sunlight. Are we, are we getting enough sunlight? Most people are vitamin D deficient because we're inside the whole time. Yeah. Right. And I've, as I've studied more about hormones and how important vitamin D is in sunlight, I've really discovered how big of an impact that makes on your mood. Right? I didn't realize this until I went to Europe for some of the winters. And I got really moody and depressed. And it was because I discovered you know, there's this thing called seasonal affective disorder, uh, SAD or SAD. And basically, if you don't get enough sunlight or uh, vitamin D, you, you generally just feel depressed and, and stuff. Vice versa, if you go to a sunny location, you always you know, feel happier and feel good, right? And so yeah. exercise, eating healthy, sleeping right, getting enough sleep, and then also getting enough sunlight. Basic things again, right? Uh, to make sure that you as a person body-wise feel really good. And then when it comes to all the other stuff, worry about that later because changing your health, right? Changing your sleep, changing your exercise regimen, that's already a lot of change already. And yeah. not many of us can introduce that many changes all at once. And so, yes, there's so many more things that we can do. Right? We can look for you know, changing our job, right? interviewing at a different company. If money is like stressful, what are some things that you can do there? Like, There's tons of solutions. But the problem that I see most people have is that they try to introduce so many changes into your life that nothing ends up changing. And that's why mm. I always tell people like, hey, let's stick to the basics first because that allows us to do everything else better more faster, efficient. Yeah. So what's the general time frame for like implementing a change? So let's say there's those four things, right, that you're implementing. Should you pick one thing and do it for an extended period of time before you add something else in? Or what's the, because I mean, right now we're all isolated, right? So we have time, right? Yeah. And this is all, it's, we have time, we have our ability to sort of like do what we need to do. This is now a great opportunity for us to actually implement these habits if we haven't already. 
So would you recommend doing it one at a time? Would you recommend starting in small doses for all of them? What's sort of like just an overall structure for sort of implementing changes that are going to make you feel better? Yeah, I always like to think of a domino effect when it comes to implementing change and any sort of habit that you have into your life. Because if you can implement one change really well and effectively, then it creates this domino effect where everything else then just falls into place, right? So for example, in the, in the habits book that Charles Duhigg uh, wrote many years ago, he mentioned how exercise is like a great habit to introduce first because it makes you feel good. Your endorphins start kicking in and everything else. And then it gives you motivation and energy to do other things then, right? Mm. And so exercising, I think, is one of the best ways to just you know make that as your first ritual or routine that you introduce. If you feel like, hey, I'm, I, I got this pat out within a few days, let's just start adding on top of that. I don't think there's a you know, good number. Some people might say, oh, it takes like 14, 21, 30 days, 60 days to implement a habit. Man, if you're really motivated and you want to get stuff done, you can do stuff so much faster, right? So don't be, you know, stuck on this like magic number. I would say if you implement something and you see that there's momentum, you get it done consistently, whether it's in three days, five days, 10 days, just add on top of that as you need to. And so I've been doing this for a long time and I've been very conscious about stuff that I introduce. So I can implement usually multiple changes. But for most of my clients, I usually recommend, hey, let's implement one thing really well. Let's do that for at least five days, right? So if you want to work out you know, regularly, uh, let's make sure you do that at least five times consistently. And if you can do that yeah. consistently, then let's slowly add on top of that. And I'm starting to recognize even the, the basics, right? All the basics do is help you feel powerful, as we're going through these tough times right now, you are being reminded how we should be doing all these little things now. Meditating, being mindful, making sure that we're you know, taking care of ourselves, that we love the people around us. And as we're going through these tough times right now, this is like the perfect time to introduce these changes. But also, again, going back to the basics, like you were saying earlier. And so use this tough time right now as an inspiration, as a source of energy, as fuel for you to be like, hey, let's let's get back to what really matters. Let's get back to the basic things. Exercising, sleeping, eating healthy, you know, getting enough sunlight. And even though we might be quote unquote quarantined or social distancing and, and all that stuff, uh, doesn't mean that we can't, you know, do all the things that we need to do or be social or be emotionally isolated as well from other people. Yeah. I mean, it's becoming very clear that when you feel good, your mind becomes a tool. Like, right. Like when you feel good, your mind is an asset. When you feel good, you can make clear choices. You can be decisive. You can show up in a way that is actually going to be useful and productive and helpful and opportunistic in some ways. Like, right. Like, I mean, with the world going through all this chaos in chaos, there's also lots of opportunity. Right? There's an opportunity for us to become our best selves. There's an opportunity for us to take advantage of time that we have never had. It's an opportunity for us to double down on relationships. It's an opportunity for us. And so I think feeling good and feeling happy just gives you the space to then actualize and act in a way that's going to make this. You're not waiting around for the next best thing. You're just creating the best next thing. You're taking lemons and making lemonade. But I think it takes a certain mindset in order to have that. And that mindset can't exist without us focusing on turning ourselves into people that 
are willing to think and be clear in times of crisis. Yeah, and we all have things that we've always wanted to do. And now that we have the time to do it and we have the space to do it, this would be like the perfect time, right? So it could be a simple home project. You know, I know a lot of women in my life right now are like cleaning out their closets for the first time because now they actually are at home and they have the time to do stuff, right? Uh, a lot of people are now picking up home workouts, something that they've, they've always wanted to do, but now they're quote unquote forced to actually doing it. Uh, so you have tons of home projects that you've always wanted to do, but also if there's any habit that you wanted to introduce, now that you have the time and energy and space for it, this is like a great time to do that. So again, uh, yes, we're going through some chaotic times right now, but there's also, like you said, opportunity there as well, as long as we are willing to recognize it, but also capitalize on that as well. So as a personal example, I'm staying at home the whole time and I've been working from home for over 10 years. So this is not any more different, but I just have limited options now because I can't go to the gym right now. I have to order takeout food or you know have more meal deliveries uh, and, and such. Even though I have to stay home more often, that doesn't mean that I am not going to be social anymore. Uh, this is a perfect time to actually pick up the phone now and actually start calling people that I haven't talked to in a while. And yeah. you know, yes, I've been putting it off and I've been thinking about, hey, I should call my best friend from the Netherlands that I haven't talked to in like two years. And that was something I always put off because you know something else always came up. But now being in this time, I'm saying to myself, hey, you know what? I've always wanted to have this conversation with him over the last few months now. This is the perfect time to do that, right? So yeah. let's capitalize on what we have in front of us. And uh, I like the reframe that you said. You know, yes, there's chaos, but there's also a ton of opportunities that come from this. One question for you: For those who aren't used to working from home, how does one transition from a life that isn't necessarily so work from home to being productive working from home? Yeah, working from home is a pipe dream for a lot of people. And also, it could be a nightmare for some. I will say, based on my own experience and working with a ton of people, some people are better suited to work from home than others. And also, it really depends on your life circumstances as well. Some people that are watching and listening uh, might have kids. And now kids might be at home as well, which adds another level of complexity compared to somebody who is young, single, maybe lives at home uh, by themselves or has a roommate or something, right? And so we all have our own circumstances and stuff. But a couple of things that I always recommend people do when you start first working from home, as simple as it sounds, but dress up. Uh, just because you're at home doesn't mean that you should still stay in your pajamas and wear sweatpants and everything. Yes, There's dude. a psychological effect where yeah. when you dress up, you show up for work. And then that mindset and that sort of focus translates into what you do. Because I, I've been doing this for so long. If I stay in my sweats uh, and just wear a raggedy t-shirt or a hoodie or something, I just will never be as productive compared to when I wear a really nice shirt you know, wear some pants or jeans or something, dress up. Uh, the, the trigger for me personally is if I do my hair or not. If I do my hair, <laughs> then everything else usually falls into place. But if I don't, then nothing actually falls into place. Definitely dress up, show up for work, even though you're working from home. I know, I know you've been working from home for a long time too. Does, does that resonate with you? Dude, I every single day without fail dress up as if I'm going to a nice dinner with a friend. Like if I was going to... if if Something came up and someone was like, hey, do you want to grab lunch like or dinner? Like, I want to be dressed up well enough to be able to go. And so, yeah, I totally resonate with that. It's like a, you're, there, nothing changes. 
like and it, it only changes in your in like the the circumstance around us changes, but your perception I think that's what people forget in times of chaos is even though your outer world changes, like the world you perceive doesn't actually have to change. Like you can wear the same clothes that you wear to work here at home. You can dress up and do your makeup and do your hair and do like all of it. Like you can do all those things and still work from home. Like nothing has to change. The the attitude with the energy with which you act does not have to change because I think that energy is what creates action. And, and so like, if you had a habit or something that made you feel good before, there's no reason to change. There's no reason to, to fix something that isn't broken, right? Maybe it's just now to, to more than ever, again, double down on the basics. I mean, I've been finding that waking up, you know, showering, dressing up, doing my coffee routine and having my, like my, my, my thing that I always do is actually now even more important. Because if I don't have that, then I'm just going to sit around all day and treat it like a holiday. And I think that's what, because most people, at least I'm also fortunate. I've been working from home for the last few years. I realized actually the shift came from people who don't work from home, treat their home as it's like a, like a vacation. Like I come home to relax. Right. And so like when you have that mindset around like home, it's, it's almost like we have to evolve and change. Like your home is not a place just to relax now. It's also a place to get stuff done. And so it is more important than ever to sort of approach that mindset, man. I love that you brought up the dress thing. I completely forgot that I even did that. But yes, that's something that I've been doing for years, man. Yeah, that's something so easy that everyone can do. It makes just such a big difference and such a simple thing that everyone can implement. So that's one thing I always tell people to do. And the other thing I found really helpful is to designate a certain space to working. So for example, I used to have like a really small studio apartment. Uh, as long as I sat at my desk, even though it was my quote unquote home, I would still be able to focus and get stuff done because I know that in my mind, when I sit down at this desk, work is to be done yeah. and nothing else matters. So creating a space, even if you have a really small space, just create a designated space for you to say, hey, this is my workspace. Nothing else happens there. This is where work gets done. So if you sit down or stand there, work gets done, nothing else. And so that's something else I find really helpful. And then the other thing, uh, especially if you're working in a team setting, having some sort of video conferencing tool, such as Zoom, uh, is a great way to stay in touch, especially as everyone's transitioning now. If you're somebody who's really social and you love to interact with people and that's kind of like your, your thing, then having video conferencing tools with your team and coworkers is one of the best things I can recommend that you implement. Because when we work in remote teams, it's really easy to isolate and work in silos. Like I do this thing, you do that thing, and then maybe tomorrow we'll meet up for five minutes and kind of discuss. And I found that, yeah, certain things get done that way. And sometimes it gets done even faster. But there's very little innovation that happens because everyone's working alone. Whereas if you start pairing people up and say, hey, let's work on this task together and let's hop on a video call as we're working together through this, there's this moment of like, hey, I'm thinking of like doing this. What do you think of that? Or hey, uh, last time we did it this way... Did you find that helpful or effective? And all these little comments and, and questions you know, allow us to innovate and create improvements and make things better and create new things as well and have different perspectives on how we do stuff. So definitely implement a video conferencing tool. And then the other thing I would recommend 
is treat it as if you're just going to the office with just a few tweaks, right? Kind of like you, how you were saying, uh, your home is not a vacation place, right? It's not a place to relax necessarily when you're working from home. Uh, that's why having a designated space is so helpful. I would say on top of that, you know, if you have a routine where before you start working, you make your own coffee, you know, you have your own machine or something, recreate that routine in your own home. Maybe you have to go to a Starbucks or you have to pick up coffee somewhere, but create that routine for you that you already had when you went to the office and just recreate it at home so that when you uh, go through that, you feel your best and this is how you get in the zone, right? And I always think about basketball players as an example. I was going to say, yeah. You know, they have their own routine before they go to the game. game rituals. You know, before... yeah. Exactly. Same thing, right? So I have the same thing at home. I like to make my own tea. I'm a big tea drinker. I have like particular brand of tea that I like. You know, it's always green tea, matcha tea, some sort of Japanese tea. When I'm done with my tea, oftentimes nowadays, I just put it down next to my desk. and I don't even drink it. But because I did that routine, that ritual, it got me relaxed in the zone, focused. And sometimes I drink it, sometimes I don't. But it was just that ritual that allowed me to say, hey, this is now me getting ready for work and getting focused. Dude, I love this, man. This has been such a helpful reminder for, for me, as well as I hope anyone listening, that no matter what is happening inside of chaos, no matter what is going on around you, no matter what's really happening in our outer world, there's so much control we have with what's in front of us. And um, then I, I just appreciate you, man. I'm glad we got to do this conversation during this time, as opposed to, I would have loved to do this one in person with you, but I'm just glad that, you know, the universe doesn't, doesn't really do anything without design. So there's a reason why we got to have this conversation now during these moments. And I'm just grateful that uh, we got to share your expertise with everybody. If anyone wanted to learn more about sort of just more productivity tips, more work from home tips, more ways to stay grounded and focused inside of all this, like, do you have a blog? Like, I'm, We're going to make all these resources available, but I'd love for you to just share a little bit about Asian efficiency or anything you've got on the podcast or anything like that. Yeah, if people want to find out more about me and what we do at Asian Efficiency, where we help people become more productive at work and in life, you can go to uh, the blog, which is at asianefficiency.com. And also, we have a podcast called The Productivity Show. So if you look up The Productivity Show in your favorite podcast app, you can tune into us uh, for weekly productivity tips as well. Dude, I love it. Well, I got one last question for you, Than. In the midst of all of this, in the midst of everything that's going on, how do you stay grounded? One of the things I just like to remind myself of is what am I really grateful for every single day? As I start my day, I write down the list of three things. What am I grateful for? And sometimes I struggle with that and sometimes I don't. But every time I ask myself that question, it reminds me of how much we have going on in our lives and how lucky we are and how lucky I am living in this great time and being in good health and having this opportunity to talk to you today. And having this workout later is something I'm really grateful for. Uh, so as long as I'm aware of what I'm grateful for, uh, that's my way of staying grounded. Mm, I love it. Gratitude is the attitude. My man, Dan, thank you so much for spending the time uh, with us here. But everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Than. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. 
For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay Grounded.